Hey, DC and RMD listeners, all this year, we will be featuring a product of the week. So be sure to look within the description of each and every podcast this TV season and click through those links. Whenever you purchase an item through our links, each purchase helps our network grow and we're able to keep the lights on within the studio. Would you care to step outside? We did it today. Superman. Sorry, I'm being raised. You are the lesser of has to compel to reveal the truth. I'm Batman. Meow. Lighting with my hands. Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sh- sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Things are back, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of DC on RMD Titans Edition on Rain Man Digital. If you're listening from your desktop, you can find us on demand. Just check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify by searching DC on RMD. Once you find us, download us, give us a review. Um, helps us out tremendously. I'm your host, Stephen. Today, I have David back in the studio. Hello, hello. And Michael. Hello. Um, we'll be breaking down and discussing Season 2, Episode 9, Atonement, which I think this summary really sums it up uh, directly from their website. In the aftermath of his confession, Dick's fear that his secret would break up the Titans comes true. Abandoning Titans Tower, the heroes all go their separate ways. Directed by Boris, I don't want to butcher this, but I'm going to, Majoski. And written by Jeffrey David Thomas. You read that one good. <laughs> the second one. <laughs> very good. <laughs> All very white bread names. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it, this one, the whole thing was just people dealing with bad past decisions or bad actions or just in the case of Dick, just outright lying. It is not easy to forgive one's past, apparently. No, or or even come clean on it. Um, it carrying baggage and guilt like that eats anyone alive. Oh, yeah. Um, all of us have all done it at some point in another uh, different varying degrees. Obviously, sometimes worse than other times or what have you, but eventually... Eventually, it, it seems the truth comes out either on its own or because you have to you have to set the truth free for you to be free or it will just eat you up inside. It's a very real and relatable Absolutely. thing that a lot of people go through. I mean, if you went through therapy, it's the, the whole thing in the first step of therapy is the truth will set you free yeah and you and you have to do it and and in his case he's it was interesting a couple episodes back when he came clean at the very end to jason before jason decided to take a nosedive off a building um now he's gonna take a nosedive right into rose Oh! oh um but, you know, he comes clean, but then we cut to this episode and he's coming clean to the whole team, including Rose, uh, which was kind of interesting. Um, that part was a little anticlimactic for me. I thought she was going to try to do something. Same here. I, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 think that, I think there's still something that has to be done between them. Yeah, uh, 
you know, it was weird for me the last episode because the entire time that, that we saw uh, the backstory of Jericho and everything, uh, Rose was never there, you know, and that's weird. It's not like they were that different in age. She should have at least been somewhere present as a younger sister. It, so that was weird. And then I gotta all of think a sudden, that's a part of the story, right? At this point, why would she be? It seems like they're making a point to say she was absent. Then they have a weird fucked up family dynamic. Maybe she was in boarding school because she was a I little shit. I think they shit. have to explain it. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. doesn't it make everyone else feel a little uncomfortable? Like something's amiss? Yeah, absolutely. Something is amiss. I think that's the point, especially with how this episode took us over to Slade and he's sitting in the, and we'll get into this. I'm not trying to jump too far ahead, Steve, <laughs> but you have Slade sitting in the room there with his wife uh, who's should be upset that he's the one who took their son's life. There's something aloof. And I she think that's should, the point. She should be upset that his ass is sitting in there watching TV. Yeah. yeah. yeah th- th- he's not even supposed to be there. Honey, is there more meatloaf? <laughs> that's why, that's why I was like, it, that was in itself really telling. Give me another beer, About bitch. that family dynamic. <laughs> because like going back to the Rose, uh, how Rose reacted, it was kind of like she blames Dick but you'd still get the sense that she's still angry about her dad. Oh, absolutely. Uh, see, oh yeah, Rose. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, regardless of the situation that played out, um, still arguably whether or not it was Dick's real fault. fault. You know, Dick was trying to do what what he felt what was, was right and what was best. But ultimately, Slade's sore is what went through the kid. Exactly. Yes. And I'm Team Gar. he's like switzerland man that would be me though like i would be like what the fuck are you guys whining about i'm like this is a bad dude who manipulated everyone hey dude keep your secrets man i get it trying to protect us i'm gonna hang out here and make some green shakes i'm gonna i'm gonna turn into a cat and just sit in the couch it's fantastic honestly though like i understand i guess everyone's different but my personality is more like gar in this situation i'd be like guys this is all bigger than this is bigger than all of us fucking let's take a beat Let's kind of understand and and see Dick's perspective and see what he was trying to do, and all and we'll all come together. This is literally what Slade wants to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then on on top of that, I'm like throughout the whole thing, I'm looking at Dove, and Dove's upset. I'm like, going, wait a minute, you told Dick, be Batman. That's what he did. He, they all want a bad boy <laughs> until they get backhanded. Yes. He, it's true. He literally walked the same steps as Bruce, keeping secrets, lying, lying. in, in what he it. believes is, is the best thing for the team or, or his uh, ward or whoever the case is. Yeah. He's always yeah. lying to everyone around him in the, in the guise of protecting them. And then ultimately, Dick ends up doing the exact, exact same, thing same thing and then ends up in the same situation but, alone. But, but the funny, funny part is... It works out for Batman because whenever Batman does, does everyone, it, though, does. everyone always goes, oh, "Okay, it's him." I think it, I think it does. In <laughs> have some... you read the last Metal series, Dave? <laughs> he did no, the exact true. same thing, and it was earth shattering. Well, the, the thing that always cracks me up in comics is like Batman always does it, and then Superman just goes, "Well, that's Bruce," and just basically just goes, goes "Oh, Bruce," and yeah. then flies off. <laughs> I think the difference is that Bruce is somehow able to really compartmentalize everything and and not have to. Uh, not really have to have anybody around. Yeah. Even Alfred, who is clearly the closest person to him, he can still be very uh, closed off to Alfred. To Alfred. You're right, Steve, because Bruce Wayne slash Batman's I give a fuck 
that ship has sailed many, 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 many years ago. I think there's that's the that's the big contrast or difference between Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. is yeah. that Dick Grayson still cares. He cares and he actually still builds bonds and relationships with people. And you you see him struggling even in this episode, um, especially there at the end. Right. Uh, at the end of the day, he's not Bruce. Yeah. Um, but he's picked up some bad traits. Yes. And he's trying to kick them or or deal with them. <laughs> deal with and and he's he did what arguably was the right thing to do, but it came at a cost. And it shows yes. the brilliance of of Slade and his uh master plan, his his strategic um planning of of how do I splinter this group? How do I how do I get them to completely break up? And divide them from within, which is a master strategy, right? If you can divide, you will conquer. You will conquer. So he he did exactly what, in hindsight, looking back, you're like, oh, all the, all the little pieces were there. But when you see them all come together in this episode, it's like, holy shit, that dude is, that dude's smart. Oh, yeah. That's what, that's the beauties of Slade because, like, he's one of those villains that just recently a lot of people have taken notice about. But if you look at his history, Slade is one of the most undervalued villains in the DC universe. Everyone talks about, you know, their higher tier villains, your Lex Luthor, Joker, Prometheus to some degree and everything else. And those are the high tier villains. You don't mess with them. And Slade always gets put on like the mid to lower tier villain. Like he's the hired gun, Mm. the mercenary. But in actuality, when you read some of his stories, he is just as smart as Batman. He's he's uh, he's like if he's Batman went too far. Yes. And for me, I, I agree, David. I think for me, the he and Raish will always be the intellectual the intellectual villains you don't want. Yeah, and, and <laughs> an intellectual parallel to Bruce. To um, Bruce, as brilliant as the Riddler is. He's full of follies that cause him to Fail. fuck his own world up, right? Yeah. yeah, he causes his own failures. But with with Slade and Raish, they don't do that. Yes. They're they're intellectual peers, which makes it an interesting combination, or or you know, pitting them against one another in stories. So I just thought it was it was really well done seeing them break the team apart and watching our teams kind of or our members splinter off and go off into the sunset and only Gar stays behind. He's the <laughs> only one that had nowhere to go. This was way better of a situation than what he left with the doom patrol, at least through his eyes. And, and he felt like this was more of a family. And, and so what else does he have to do? But now tend to the castle while dick <laughs> dick leaves and i and well, i, I would, like that i would love I would, i'd be right there <laughs> you'd why be curled would you up leave? on the couch why would you literally have everything given to you i'd be going out <laughs> to the clubs like come on ladies <laughs> it's a house wide open for journeys and exploration and i'll make you a green drink in the morning <laughs> yeah the overuse of green like everything about this kid's green this green, green that. that yeah it's it's and- it's one of those things that I was really happy about in this episode about that what, we finally <laughs> that we actually got more of the green or more of, more of the more of, more of more of Gar. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we've had a couple of these little episodes where we've gotten to, to focus deeply on a, a certain character. And I like this one for that reason. Focusing on Gar because in actuality, he's been Gar's, MIA. But when you focus on him, it's a very, he's a very simplistic and lovable character. Relatable. He's relatable. I mean, like, just like what you said, Mike, honestly, majority of people out there, if they were put in Gar's position, you, you're going to leave the tower. Well, and he took, <laughs> no, he, he took such um, care and, and it was very respectful of the duty that Dick put him in charge yeah. of, right? Like you got to keep an eye on Connor and take care of everything and call Bruce as soon as he wakes up and he gets into the whole routine just like any of us would like I'm going to wake up every morning and I'm going to do the thing and I'm going to I'm going to take care of this and clean that I'm going to train I mean I'd train my ass off if I had all that but stuff come on we would last longer than four days I mean he was getting tired of the routine after day one well he's a millennial what are you I, 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 you know that's exactly what I thought I was like this guy these young kids today I mean, come on I, I pray I got no grit I would love to have a place of solitude where I don't to do anything and i'd be just fine for a I good two that. or three months i thought you you have it and so do i actually don't we both have this yes and it's, it's and that's why i'm okay with it my whole life is that <laughs> well the thing that cracked me up too was like i asked i i i watched uh my nephew actually watches titans too and he's, he's like, way too young david come on well no he's a 16, don't make the same mistakes 16, don't, don't make the same mistakes <laughs> as your older brother yeah so, don't be bruce in this equation don't be bruce. <laughs> but like when, when I asked him about the guard, because he loves that character. He mm. loves him from Teen Titans Go and Teen Titans. Does he, does he love Corey's titties too? <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he's jerking it but afterwards. Like, I was like going, so what do you think of the, what do you think of guard in this episode? I was like, he, he, first thing he said, yeah, if I had a friend that basically started beating up the cops, I'd run, just run away. <laughs> just run. Just bail. I was a little disappointed in Gar. I'm like, dude. Well, and I think that's what was interesting, right? Is he starts off so dutiful and confident yeah and confident and he's going to do this thing and then by the end of it all he makes the obvious stupidest mistake you could is you know you're bored obviously we see he unleashed a god a a god child a god child on on the earth and it left and it didn't even last all of like 15 minutes like they were barely outside and by the way i can turn into a a a tiger what's that and then all of a sudden (laughs) cops are getting their asses beat like what are you doing dude like you you should have known better and i was like cranking up because i'm going yeah that's what a younger person would do right and i think that's that's the brilliance of it is it shows that he's still quite irresponsible and he was trusted with a very very serious uh task um you know connor connor can't help who connor is yeah he he doesn't know anything about yeah he knows nothing about the world around him so to to think that it was a good idea just because (laughs) you guys were dude broing it up and he beat a video game that you couldn't beat that was a dumb (laughs) dumb 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 thing to do um Who's more naive, Gar or Connor? Go. Oh, Connor. <laughs> Connor's a blank slate. I don't know. I, although I, I mean, love, I love, I loved it when he basically he goes, he hears the cry for help, and yeah. automatically his his thing about because Connor for me has always is his story is dealing with the fact that he's part Superman, part mm-hmm. Lex Luthor. So. When he, when he hears the call for help, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. The you, you see the complex setup. just kicked in. Well, and how about that? They they did, you know, with calling Bruce, they dropped the little Superman there. You know, he, he can get yeah. a hold of Superman. I, I love the hell out of that. I don't yeah, know about so you guys. I, that, was, that was actually really cool. And we got to see lots of uh, 
of uh, pup crypto crypto yeah which again didn't. I like how he got in on the fine like with the cops <laughs> right <laughs> he took a cop out too I'm like Dude. come on crypto you should know better <laughs> I uh, okay so the thing that I really liked about that scene is it showed the two sides of Connor yes. Mm-hmm. Because you had the naive Superman version. Because even adult Superman's naive. That's why it makes so much sense that he is so, so naive. Because yeah. even Superman himself, with all his, his uh, at least he should be world-weathered. He should be a little worldly. And yet he is still sometimes a victim to his own naivety. Mm-hmm. So you saw a bit of that when he went and was very happy about saving a criminal from the cops that were hurting him. <laughs> hurting the criminal. But then there was that flicker of anger mm-hmm. and you saw his face change. And that's when I knew things were going to fall apart very quickly. And as a fan of this whole entire setup, because you have this character who is a a child of two worlds, uh, he's half superhero and half supervillain. And to see him switch like a light switch, just mm-hmm. switch to Hey, I'm I'm happy. I'm trying to save someone too. I'm angry and upset. And he has that flashback to where some type of emotional trauma happened to Lex Luthor. And that was his trigger. Yep. I love it. And I am so yeah. I am so on board with this Connor story. And my biggest fear is that we're episode eight. No, we're episode nine, nine moving nine. into episode ten. And I don't think there's really enough time to explore any of those nuances. Yeah. How many, how many we got, tw- we, we talked about this last week and I, I, I'll be damned if I remember 12 episodes or was it, it was 12, right? Yeah. I yeah, believe so. Yeah. Episodes. So we only got three episodes to tie up some of these loose ends or, a lot or of loose ends. it's going to set us up for season three. But right. again, it's a little concerning given what happened last time. Um, but I feel with what Slade did with the team, it had to happen. You have to tear down your characters and allow them to build back up again and reunite. And yeah. and so, you know, it was weird for me how some of the characters splintered off. I mean, once uh, Jason and Rose took off, we really didn't see anything out of them for the re- they They just disappeared out yes. of, out of uh, the entire rest of the episode. Um, what happened to Raven? What did she do? Well, that so that was weird. So Raven leaving with with Donna struck me as an odd choice. The obvious choice would have been for her to go to Corey. Now, obviously, we saw Corey. She couldn't do that because Corey oh, she, had her own. Yeah, she's also her own Team problems. Dick. She stayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I uh, love that. for Raven to, to choose Donna clearly caught Donna off guard because Donna's like, I, what? Okay, I, I guess. He's like, I don't want this little shit to tag along. But it makes you wonder, as it, to your question, Mike, when, when they just pause in traffic, at first I thought the traffic situation was pissing her off and she just couldn't keep her shit together. Can relate. Happens to me every day. Um, but she just hops out of the car um, after almost, you know, doing whatever the hell to Donna, killing her maybe almost if she yeah. wasn't careful. She just bolts off. Where the fuck did she go? Yeah, like that whole storyline of Raven, because we talked about it in the last episode that the way they've been handling Raven has been interesting because we all thought that it would lead up to the ending of, with Trigon. And yeah, so it was still a very, there. and it's still there. Okay, so are they, so Raven chose to go with Wonder Girl for whatever reason. She needed to leave with her. Yes. Okay. 
but we don't know why. Correct? Yeah, Is that the gist why. of it? We don't know why, but she was up to something, correct? It was, yeah, that's the gist that I got from After it. After that scene, I felt like it had to be something like that. But again, I, I, I just, it struck me as odd because you would have thought she would have went with Corey. Um, but she, she didn't know Corey was going to stick around. She had no idea yeah. that, because the sequence of events and how they, they occurred. And you got to remember the last big thing we saw Raven do was tear apart Rose. Right. Because she went, she went total demon and her powers just went haywire and she ended up brutalizing Rose. Right. So was it the traffic triggering her powers and it, because Donna just happened to be there, she got the brunt of it and then Raven kind of, you know, snapped yeah. herself out of it and got out or did she see something out the car and had to get out to chase after it? Okay. So if this was like five, six episodes ago, I would be a little annoyed because you just don't write TV like that. However, they have created themselves a template here. Yes. Where you see something from one perspective and then the next episode they go back and you see it from another. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that's probably what we're going to see next week. I feel like we have to or else it's just going to be a weird, a weird turn of events. It just didn't make any sense. And also, if you look at how it was framed, it was very tight shot. We did not look outside the vehicle at all. It was a stationary shot. Yeah. Framed very purposeful. To keep us from seeing anything else. So I'm I'm based on the template of this season mm-hmm. and how they're writing it. I I think it's safe to say that we will find out why and we'll probably go back to that moment. Because like honestly that was weak, right? If if it was just that, that's kind of odd yeah. and off putting. It, mm-hmm. it it'd be it'd be very weak and it'd be it'd be exactly what you said. A bad a example of writing. A yeah. bad writing yeah. right there. Because like you're leaving all these breadcrumbs on Raven and it only leads up to this. Something else has to be going on. Yeah. There, there's, yeah, there and has to be. It leads to the question that I'm really confused with because who the hell is the big bad in this season? Because I thought it was going to be Slade. Well, we dealt with that. Then we get, yeah. then we get the whole surprise this episode with Blackfire, which was fantastic. That was awesome. And, and all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, so one of the other big bads of the Titan shows up. But then this happened with Corey. With, with, uh, not Corey, with, with, uh, with Raven. Yeah. And I'm like going, wait a minute. The, the thing that also dawned on me that it seemed odd, and I'm glad you two saw it. I'm like going, is it really Raven in control? Because it could be mm-hmm. a demon Raven right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And basically that was the whole whole point why she chose Donna. Because if she chose Corey, obviously Raven wouldn't want to hurt Corey. She wouldn't want to hurt anybody else. And I'm sorry, but Donna, Donna has been this character that I'm going, what's your point? You're you not don't, feeling it. I, I'm not feeling it. Okay. I'm like, oh, you can get killed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you can get killed. Wow, David. Wow. Very aggressive and very violent. <laughs> but wow. like, of all the characters that I thought that could be attacked and everything else out of the whole team. Raven uh Donna was the one. That Donna's the She's one that certainly the least likable at this point, I think. Oh, um, you watch your dirty mouth after last week's episode. Oh, which 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 is unfortunate because last week's episode and, and her fighting, it's it's amazing, right? But 
the way she comes off when she's not kicking ass and taking names, she she can tend to be unlikable. Right. Okay. So I agree. But let's take this back to about 30 seconds ago. And Dave, you had asked what the myth arc is this season or who the big bad is, which is usually tied right with the myth arc. What if we don't have a big bad? Okay. Okay. And typically people may frown at that. And I, cause I think most TV viewers uh, with this new golden age air quotes here, golden age of television, a lot of these shows have a, a major villain of sorts to handle uh, or to deal with. But as we move along, there are breadcrumbs to bigger stories, but mm-hmm. I, I, if I was writing this or if I was analyzing this, like we are, <laughs> I would say there is no definitive big bad at this point. It, it looked like it was Slade, but then it looked like it could be uh cat, not Catco. Um, <laughs> Cadmus, it could be Cad- Cadmus. It could be Cadmus. Uh, then it could be, you know, the people, whoever's hunting down, uh, Wonder Girl's uh, boss or the Themyscira lady. It could be Slade. There's a lot of choices. And when you're looking at those choices, you're like, okay, well, they have to introduce something within the next two episodes or sooner that connects all those elements together, that all of this is actually one thing. They can do that. But if they don't, then I think what the big bad of the season is, is Dick Grayson. And I don't mean he is bad. I'm saying his struggle, his secrets, his issues, the things that he has to face that could be written as the mm-hmm. big bad. A lot of people don't like that. And I mean, viewers, because it's not tangible. And because this is America, most of us in a classical sense have been bred to think that we must have a tangible villain. Right. Or, or an external source of conflict that you you have to project towards. Right. And sometimes that conflict is just yourself. And and we've seen that theme uh, play out throughout season one. Um, and it's been much stronger now in season two, particularly this episode, I think, was kind of the crescendo of it all. So my question, Steve, is this for you. Do you think, I guess to both of you, If that is the case, and obviously they're not going to spell it out. Hey, guys, Dick Grayson is our problem. Do you think it's been stated enough for us to go out on that note? I I do. I think if if you had any questions before now, those questions about him and his struggle should have been answered in this episode because the, the choice that he made in that airport to run didn't seem very Dick Grayson to me. Um, it, it was. It seemed like a cop out, and I thought, well, one, it's very odd. Um, I don't even know if you would have got the ticket. That's not a very like TSA would have been pulling you aside. <laughs> pulling you aside. Yeah, asking for a one way ticket to anywhere. Yeah, that's a red flag central. Um, but for him to just out of the blue just beat some ass and take a gun and then slide it across. Like, I don't understand why you would slide it. Or at least if you're going to slide it, you know, take the, take the round out of the chamber and the, and the clip and, and, you know, I think he wants to be punished. He does. He absolutely does. He absolutely does. And, and so again, if anybody had any questions prior to this episode about his motivations or, or his struggle, you just saw it happen right there on the celluloid, the digital celluloid. He, he struggles and, Maybe it's kind of like that 
that cathartic moment for him, somewhat how Batman or, uh, you know, Bruce, when he in Batman begins, you know, when he's mm-hmm. getting his beginning, he goes right. into the, the jail and he's just beaten ass. Just yeah. maybe this is Dick's moment to have kind of that same situation. It just seemed really out of character for him to want to leave but right. there's something about this that also is maybe a little out of character as well. I will, I will out of character as well because like if you uh if you think about it what did Bruce do? Bruce when he became Batman decided to go and go get away from Gotham and do all this training, right? Mm-hmm. What does he do? He goes to the farthest reaches of the Himalayas away from everybody. What does Dick decide to do? He decides to go I want right to go to, to Greenland. <laughs> right. He, he wants well, to go to also, Greenland. It's also not. It's poetic in a sense. He is trying to do a little bit of what Bruce Wayne was doing. Yeah. But it's not just about training and, and all that. It's about a penance. They, they both, penance. Yeah. They both feel like they need to pay. And I think that was the whole point of that moment. And I realized that I think he realized that running away isn't going to be that penance. It, it, that's running away. That's doing what Bruce would have done. So him staying here, that makes sense. And kind of bringing it back to him being possibly the thread, the true myth arc. It's Dick Grayson and his his issues. I mean, that's why I like this. That's why that's why I like this episode so much, because if you look back at season one. Right. And we talked about this briefly throughout this season's discussion and how so much of what's happening this season makes makes us look at season one a lot differently mm-hmm. and we understand mm-hmm. certain things yeah but season one was the was for, was the first act of dick grayson's redemption uh, it was him trying to figure out what he needed what he needed to do because he could he was struggling with his guilt he put all that on batman at first he blamed it that was his target that was the easy target and then by the end he realized that it wasn't Batman. Batman's not his enemy. He can't blame Batman. It's him. He's the one who made these decisions. And this season is him working through that and seeing how closely connected uh, Dick Grayson's character arc has been between season one and season two. And it it comes to a head. I feel like at, at this moment in this episode, I think that him being the big bad, or I should say, Let's get rid of the traditional big bad and make him the the dilemma, the dilemma of the season. I feel like it works and I'm okay actually with it. And I don't think if this was two or three episodes ago, I would be screaming from the mountains. I'm like, who the fuck is the bad guy? (laughs) But but I don't think that's the point of the show. I think the show is about character and it's about Dick Grayson more than anything. Well, and I appreciate if that's the direction they take. I also wonder if he's going to, obviously he's going to get arrested. It didn't look like he was going to put up another fight. So is he doing this so that he can um, pay that penance, as as you mentioned, Mike? Or is it maybe he is doing sort of a Bruce moment where he can get put into the slammer and just beat ass all over the slammer? You know what I mean? Like... Who knows? Um, there's got to be a little bit of a strategy to it. I think there's a little bit of both. I think there's like a payment that needs to be paid, like a debt of some type. Maybe he feels like he needs to be punished. But also, he is a lot like Batman, the way they're writing his character. And it feels like he's also two or three steps ahead of the audience. Mm-hmm. Like maybe getting put in there, he will find something that the, we don't know that yet. That we don't know yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why he was looking around. I, I think something came to him. It, the the only thing that that 
counter to that, if they, I'm with you, Mike, if they go that route, it's a beautiful piece of writing in terms of character development and, and just the struggles uh, of a human being. Um, but something else in David, I think you touched on it earlier and we talked about it a couple episodes ago, Corey's story arc, had, we kind of put pause button on it for, for a while there for a couple episodes yeah. and it came back and for her sister to now have taken the crown and we know how powerful her people are. Yes. Um, I I could genuinely see us getting to that last episode. It made Corey made it sound like she was going to come to her and take the fight to her, but I'm not fully convinced. And it would not surprise me if Corey's sister shows up with whomever, and the t- the Titans have to band back together to ward off this threat. Well, not and not the only the Titans that, are back, you, bitches. When you yeah. think about it, Corey is the one character out of the whole team that everyone likes if you think about it interesting all the because characters, for the first season she was the threat for the longest the threat time for the longest time but now when you actually take a look at the team dynamic everyone galvanizes with Corey. Mm-hmm. you know raven looks at her as kind of like a mother figure the older titan oh, she ain't no of, fucking mother figure <laughs> shut the fuck <laughs> but like the older titans look at her as pretty much a the piece leader. of meat <laughs> We know you do. (laughs) No, she's a strong black woman. Okay. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. I mean, she disintegrated that motherfucker like nobody's business. That was awesome. That was actually awesome. And it it shows that Corey is not just like that bubbly figure that, you know, that everyone galvanizes towards, but she is. She's not just stilettos and tits. Yeah. You're trying to say? She. she, That she can be that leader role that I think Dick wants her to be. Yeah, she yeah she has she does have the leadership qualities because she's sure. willing to make those choices. I mean when mm-hmm. she when she vaporizes the guy, you can tell she doesn't want to do it because hey, that's still a person she knows. She's a very complicated well, and, and, character and loves and, and cares loves. for. Yeah, but when the guy says go ahead, do, do it. it, she does it with a snap of her fingers, and I'm like going, that's cool. Yeah, that shows that character can be a leader. She doesn't hesitate. She doesn't hesitate. She makes the hard decisions, and I think that's why. Ultimately, that's why her. It made so much sense that she didn't like bail on Dick Grayson like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Because yes, I understand everyone has hurt feelings and they don't like being lied to. But also, there's a certain maturity that comes with understanding people's uh, perspective and maybe empathizing a bit. And that's that's Corey's character. Mm-hmm. She's. She's a fucking royalty. This is squabbling bullshit. Yeah. Like when you really think about it. So well, it wouldn't make sense for her to be like, oh, I'm going to leave too. You're a liar, potty she's mouth. intergalactic royalty, right? Like like she she, she even said she's old, right? Like relatively. You shut your mouth. <laughs> relatively. I mean, but compared to a human lifespan, right. she's, yeah. she's lived longer. She's, she's, lived she's longer. seen more. She comes from a more traveled people with a more storied culture and so i would love to hear her stories okay she's mine get off (laughs) (laughs) but and because of that she you know she's not going to deal with these these earthly problems of lies and deceit like that it's beneath her it's beneath her but there's also that moment that little things like this is i think it's good directing moments or writing moments 
because it, it tells you a lot about a character. For example, when Hank punches Dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Corey was down to scrap. Immediately she got up to defend him. Mm-hmm. And then she stopped. Okay, all right, everything's fine. I like moments like that because you see where loyalties lie and how she really does have Dick Grayson's back no matter what. Well, and yeah. and in that scene, I also appreciate that even though it happened, Dick didn't come back. Dick took his his wallop. His wallop. Because <laughs> he, he knew he deserved that. He yeah. knew. Um, Sometimes a dick deserves a wallop. <laughs> <laughs> from Corey. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned Hank, though, too. I think there was a lot of goodness coming out of his character, or, or at least the actor and how he portrayed him. I really like him. Um, yeah, he he's. He, he he's struggling with his own demons. He obviously by the end of the episode is back on the back back on the the junk more yes. than likely. I mean, at least he's trying to score it. Um, but he he has a moral compass at the end of the day. He really truly does. And um, going back to Wyoming uh, and and meeting that that redneck woman. Um, what a boner killer. <laughs> right, right. No kidding. They I'm just. Like, had, I'm like, bitch, you're blowing my buzz. That whole Get the scene. Fuck out of here. First you of all, uncomfortable. It felt uncomfortable well, and cringy when it just happens. Yeah, but but going back to the bar, even listen to that guy. I mean, I am no karaoke fan at all. Like, I can't stand to go to bars when it's on. I I hate it. And people are always trying to get me to go. I know Ryan loves it. Ryan's a huge karaoke <laughs> guy. I fucking hate it. And it made me squeamish listening to that guy sing. But the way that they played it off in that scene, I, I appreciated it. But then to have them get up there and just sing their asses off. Um, wow, is she hot. But both of them have... I'm assuming that was them, maybe not live in that shot, but you know, after the fact, um, wow, it was, it was a beautiful <laughs> duet. And and then for them to, I mean, I would have walked out of there fucking raging hard on ready to bang her out in that, in that car too. I mean, I was ready to bang her out and I was on my couch. Oh, she's a keeper too though. She's like, oh, should, we, should we take this to the truck? I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell dove? Are you really? Yeah. She would have <laughs> been roadheading and everything. That, that's why I hate that he left. I'm like, you're a fool. Yeah. Your drug is right there. <laughs> but it shows you just how deeply, um, Slade affected them to, to, have his mindset open to suggestion from this other person, right? This other person Slate's shows the up. ultimate boner killer. Yeah. Yeah. He really, <laughs> he is. really is. He, he really, really is. Honestly is. And so I'm curious now if, that there's this wedge driven between Hank and, and Don is once she finds out, which inevitably she will, that Dick is now in jail. Will she go back to Dick or will she find out that Hank's back on the junk and try to go to him and help him? Because that's kind of in her nature, too. She's it's a nurturing person. But the funny part is, I don't know, this this episode, it, it kind of made me think about Dove in a different way. The way that basically they portrayed her. The way that her relationship works with Hank and Dick, it's very, it reminds me, as weird as it sounds, as a bad relationship as a girl who can manipulate a guy. Wait, who? Dawn. Dove, Dawn. Oh. And I'm like looking at it going, okay, these two guys are very easily manipulated by Dawn. Well, she's a hot piece of tail. And she is. But if you think about it, all the all the 
things that are that bad have happened to those guys. Hank's problem. Hank brought up the fact that you know we've been together for so long and only bad things happen. What if we separate? And then she gets all upset and uppity and tells him to get the hell out. Don tell when we all blame Dick, right? Everyone blames Dick oh, Grayson. Everyone for this. blames Dick. But then so everyone seems to overlook in the series that Don was the one that told Dick, you go out there and you be Batman. Everyone forgets that. I don't think you're wrong. And I'm like going, wait a minute. I they, mentioned they that, right? Yeah, they purposely point. made that a point in two episodes yeah. to show Don saying, telling Dick, you go out there and you be Batman. But, you but also, like you're dealing kid. with adult. You're, you're dealing with adults. And in the end of the day, we all make our own decisions. And if they're allowing someone to, like, skew their judgment. Uh, but Dick is a, a young guy at that point. He's very susceptible. Uh, we know this. I don't think that's the story I, they're taking. I take, it, I take it from a different lens. I, I see her as somebody who um, she... In every every scene that she's in, whether it's with Hank or or um, Dick when they were together, she's always very loyal to her man with whomever she's with, and she supports them and tries to help them and lift them up. I don't see it as a a, a negative in the way. That, I mean, in that case with with her saying "Go be Bruce," obviously, or "Go be Batman." Go be Batman. That that was a a push in maybe the wrong direction because of how he he maybe. Um, went about it ultimately yeah. but in in every relationship she's always trying to lift up anyone around her and, and I, that's the way i see her character um maybe that's just because i have a boner for her and she can <laughs> no, do no wrong <laughs> see i'm i don't know i feel like they should address her encouraging dick to be Batman, and then now she leaves them. That yeah, I, did and I the, mention that last week, Steve? Yeah, you did. Oh, or was it two weeks ago when I you were here? So, oh, well, hold on, I, I, <laughs> hold on. Dave. You're like, yes, yes. It was addressed. I okay. can't remember which episode though. Either way, I don't disagree with you, David, and I don't disagree with Steve. I think there's validity to both your comments. In order to fix those and and bring them together. They might want to address that. However, how do they do it without making Dick Grayson look like a whiny bitch? You're the one who told me to be like Batman. Yeah. How do they address it? And that's, that's going to be the tough part. Because he's going to look like a chump, dude, if he tries to blame it on her. Like, oh, you left me when you're the one who encouraged me to be like Batman. And then when I do, you leave me. I, do we really want to see Dick Grayson stoop that low? No, I I don't. It would it would really make him look weak. I think as, he's as already an, pretty a, low. Yeah. Now, if they had addressed it sooner, yeah. If they had addressed it in, I think the following episode when everything came to a head, like, listen, you want me to pull back on this kid when the Jericho episode mm-hmm. when we learned about him. If he would have said, "Hey, you want me to pull back? You're 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 yelling at me and and telling me, hey, we need to stop doing this, but you wanted me to be Batman." And this is what Batman does. We make hard decisions. Sometimes you don't like those hard decisions. If they had addressed it then, at that moment, it would not have looked like someone passing the buck. Saying, no, it's your fault. And I think maybe now that ship has sailed. Now, if they can create a situation to get them talking at an intimate level, let's say in two episodes, maybe at the end, and you can get them at a table sitting and it's just the two of them. 
and they're talking about where he might have went wrong. And he brings up him being Batman, trying to be Batman. I was trying to do what you said. Obviously, I learned that I can't be that. That doesn't work for me. If they were to address that in a scenario like that, then I think it could work. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I, I, I really do agree with you that if they were going to try to tackle something like this, they should have done it episodes ago. Because if you do do it now, it's really tough to make Dick Grayson, who's the main character of your series, look good. But that's why I was, uh, in particular with this episode, that's why it was like really, it was really interesting seeing what happens between Hank and Don. Because it was like, they have that moment and then suddenly Hank mentions that and Don randomly just gets pissed and then leaves him and i'm like going okay that's kind of weird well Doesn't seem she, like her character he was telling her they're gonna break up yeah i mean he 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 was he she, was kind of an a real ass in that moment yeah i'm on i'm on team don uh, dove yeah. i think on this scenario because she is the most supportive person on the show except mm-hmm. when it comes to that moment with dick but in the past she was very supportive of him for the most part until he made that decision with jericho but with Hank, she literally said, throw a dart at the map and I will be there. And he chooses to break up with her because he can't deal with his shit. Yeah, I mean, he, there's there's many members of the team that are extremely damaged. And I'm not it, saying Hank is on the bad end of that either. I'm not oh, saying yeah, he yeah. made a bad decision necessarily, but it was kind of a selfish decision. Look where mm-hmm. he went. Where did yeah. he go? The next scene, where is he at? At the bar looking for real stuff. Right. <laughs> right. Not not Coke. Not not Diet Coke. <laughs> not even not even beer. Not, not even, even some strange, which, even which is what I zero. thought was gonna happen. You know what though? What if Homegirl with the Guns N' Roses shirt shows up and he ends up banging her oh, out? Oh wow, what a step down, man. That's like going from a ten to a negative. <laughs> wow. wow. What? When you were with a woman like Minka Kelly, anything's a negative, right? At that point. I think so. To yeah. me, she's a 10. That's what I'm saying. Minka yeah. Kelly is like a, a 12. Okay, I'll even give it a 12 with that blonde hair. She oh, goes up a couple. Now, Corey is also up there, though, too. I was so. going to say, okay, okay fine. Yeah, Don yeah. or Corey. <laughs> no, I couldn't make a decision. <sighs> My head. I mean, I'd have to taste test both. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> with a spoon? Like, can I use a spoon? <laughs> All right, guys. Um, let's get into final thoughts. We didn't even take any breaks because it's just nonstop action of of drama. Um, but let's get into some final thoughts here, uh, and score these, these, uh, last 60 minutes of theater <laughs> or cinema cinema, David, go for it. My final thoughts on this one. Honestly, this was a good episode. Um, it's, it's kind of like, I think the three of us talked about it off the year beforehand. It's, it's a crossroads episode. It's basically the team's now separated now it's time for to find that what's going to bring them together now before the, the season finale because the season finale they all have to come together now but what uh, what's going to bring them together i really did like this episode because there was so much character development going on with each and every character each and every character they made their scenes count like mm-hmm. you, you now are looking at these characters, whether it's continuing their story arc, you ne- or you see them now in a different light. Like they've continued that story arc between 
Hank and Dawn. They, they brought in Gar, which I was really happy with, and just said, hey, we haven't forgotten him. Here's him as usual. Right. <laughs> and this is why he, this is why we're, he's usually, he, this is why we haven't talked about him a lot because Gar is a simple character. <laughs> and then you have Connor and the big story arc about Dick Grayson and Slade. We didn't even talk about Slade. Dear God, there's something going on with him and his wife that, oh, look, I'm just going to sit. Uh, I'm going to allow the person that killed my son to sit in a chair in my house. That's weird. <laughs> well, like we said earlier, technically Slade killed him. Yeah, technically Slade killed him. and Or did he? No, his sword went through him. I don't think we're dealing with Slade. <laughs> See what I mean? Somebody thinks going on. I think so, uh, homeboy ejected and went to his father. I think uh, Slade's a puppet. There's something fucking going on. <laughs> There's so- why would the mother? Why anything? would the mother allow him to sit like nothing happened? Yeah, I'm not gonna say. He's anything. the man that killed her son. She's she can't forgive Dick Grayson, but she can forgive the actual man who did it. There's something going on. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> he was That's- losing himself. She even wanted to end the conversation before he can continue talking. Slade. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason she doesn't want to you, reveal something. There's so much going on. We didn't even cover it. <laughs> I'm speechless. Because I didn't even I didn't even think for a second that he may have slipped in well, a, a, because remember, old man's body. We already Everyone, know Jericho, Jericho is a villain. Jericho's a villain in the comic books. <laughs> So, I mean, this type of behavior wouldn't, you know, be a stretch. We'd well, have to understand why he's truly angry, though. Like, hey, dude, you willingly joined up. You knew uh, what they were. They they revealed the truth to you. Why are you mad? There has to be a reason behind that. We also have to wonder if this is all connected to why Rose was absent in so many of those flashbacks. Uh-huh. They haven't even mentioned Rose. Yep. Not one of them. Slade didn't. The mother didn't. Jericho didn't there's a reason if this show sucked if this if we were dealing with like arrow or flash I'd be like well that's fucking shitty writing yes this show is isn't that there is something going on but that's why that's why I said why would he why would he inhabit his dad's body just to kill dudes here's the here's the thing that I I would tell you he's a young guy that just found out all his friends just basically manipulated him to get to add his father who his father has been he was troubled. Nice, uh, relatively nice, because we remember in that episode we saw Slade was actually legitimately nice to his son. Mm-hmm. The one thing that basically was their their quote unquote scarring moment was when Jericho had his throat slit. That wasn't Slade's fault. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's something going on. Maybe a lesson needs to be taught. Um, for whatever reason, and him taking control of his father's body would make a lot of sense. Maybe he feels like he needs to punish his dad for what he's done to the family. And not to not to not to just actually make everyone's mind blow up. But guess what? Oh come on, Dave! <laughs> don't don't don't! Uh, why you got why do you got a spoiler alert on us, oh, you I, fucker? I, I had such a bad day today at work, and and this is this is some heavy shit, man. Some I heavy can't. shit. I can't. I'm going to cut that last part. So everyone, if you hear like a blank and you hear us laughing, that's because I took something out that David said that could ruin the fucking show for you. Like it just did me. But so 
with the score, the score yeah, for me for this. Yeah, back on the scoring with the, this episode, I give this a solid eighty-five because it did okay. its job, and as a crossroads episode for a series, it keeps me going. That's the whole point for this this type of episode. It makes you want to actually think, what's the next step? Who's who's coming up? Who is this? What are they doing? How is this going to actually intercut? And it makes you want to know what happens in the next episode, which we need to know because we only have three episodes left. We're at episode nine. So episode 10, 11, and 12 have to start building up to that crescendo. And Mike blew my mind because I didn't think about it as Dick Grayson as like the, the, the big bad, quote unquote, the big bad. He's our main story arc and everything else ties into him. I'm like torn now of like, how, what do I want to see at the season ending? Do I want to see an ending of Dick Grayson's storyline or do I need to see, you know, Blackfire? So correction, I just looked, we have 13 episodes. So we actually have four episodes to right. tie this up. But Michael, what's your score? Oh man, it's hard. It's really hard. The episode, the story of the episode was fine. I feel like the way it was written, it was all over the place. It was all over the map. There was a lot of issues with the actual formatting of the script. I know a lot of people were hating on this episode online. I do not feel like it deserves hate. People were wondering what's happening. They were, you know, so dull. This was an episode where we needed to reflect a bit. And see Agreed. where everybody Agreed. was at. So I understand the strategy behind this episode. And that's fine. But the script was just all over the place. They th- It was very Gar heavy at the front. And then it went to nothing. It was very strange. So and, I'm and gonna, very out of balance. There we go. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, an 80. Well, damn it. That, that's exactly what I was going to score it for very similar reasons. It, it I appreciate the fact that we saw the group splinter. Um, That part was, was well executed. Um, But because we didn't get an even balance of the splintering per se, especially since two of our characters walked out the door and we didn't see them for the rest of the episode. um, Not to say that you have to every time cover everybody, but in an episode like this, where it was truly about breaking the team down, we kind of needed to know what the motivations were behind each of them. And maybe you could argue Rose and Jason, we kind of knew what the motivations were, but I would like to know what's going on in their minds as, as they're driving away. Like, what are they talking about? What, what is their plan? What is, is Rose going to go still after her father? Is Jason going to help her? Right. Um, does Jason give a shit anymore? Does Jason just want to run off and pound Rose? Cause that's what I would do. Like, you know, it, there was too when much. That, when you're that young, that's all you want to do. Yeah, he's not caring about Slade. He forgot about Slade. They're like, who? What? what? What are we worrying about he's here? He's got hot Asian food, yeah. Annie. Like, yeah, and and she's hot. Yeah. So that that frustrated me. Um. So I, that's why I got to give it an eighty. Uh, but I do appreciate that we slowed down a little bit, and I don't mind these up and downs. I think yeah. if they're placed appropriately within the yeah. course of the season. You you can't go 100 miles an hour nonstop. No, no. So anyways, guys, with that, 
Um, that's going to be it for today's breakdown of DC on RMD Titans edition. Remember, you can always catch us, uh, any of our past future episodes on DC on RMD, um, dot com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at DC on RMD or Facebook at facebook.com slash DC on RMD or Instagram on at DC on RMD. Catch you guys later. Mother of God, would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. 